Welcome to the iHealth Podcast, a podcast for you to relate to like-minded individuals discussing hot topics all related to rehab, fitness, and business. Brought to you by Iron Health from Westchester, New York. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in for this episode of the iHealth Podcast. Today we have Mike Wacker. He's the owner and head coach at Black Hole Jiu-Jitsu. We dive into how Black Hole Jiu-Jitsu was started and where they are now. We talk all about Jiu-Jitsu. It's a really cool episode. He's kind of the originator of Black Hole and now they have four or five locations and they keep expanding, educating people all about Jiu-Jitsu. He's a tough competitor, awesome guy. And I hope you enjoy this. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, looking forward to talking to you here. Oh, dude, it's great to, great to be talking to you. And I look forward to, uh, you know, the conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm hoping it's going to be a good one. We've got the start of Black Hole here. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I listened to your, uh, to your conversation with Dan. It, it was awesome. Yeah, it went well, went well, and it got me, it got me more excited for jujitsu. I'm like, damn, I really miss this now even more. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Especially talking with him, man, he, he gets you going. Yeah. So, so let's talk about your intro, Mike. How'd you get into uh, jujitsu? Just you know, tell me your story. Like, what was the start like? Because you've been doing it forever. Yeah, uh, man, 21 years now, I think. It's been wow. A while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but I started actually training um, when I was seven. I started traditional martial arts. I think most people start, you know, end up starting with that. And when I was younger, like no one knew what jujitsu was. So, um, you know, I started Aikido actually when I was seven years old. And then okay. that school, uh, that school ended up bringing like a grappling program into their, uh, into their, into their program. So I was like, all right, let me try this out. And I loved it. Like I loved it. And, uh, just out of nowhere, the school ended up closing. Uh, and I think I was like nine or 10 when that happened. And then I kind of floated around a little bit, uh, trying to figure out what I liked. Um, and then uh, I found jujitsu when I was 12. I was like, man, this is it. And uh, I, I, I just loved it. And I haven't stopped since. That's awesome. Yeah. What man. was that? What was that initial grappling? Was that jujitsu or was that just like wrestling? I, it was no, I think it was like a sambo. So they added in like, uh, you know, submissions and stuff like that. Um, and we did some throws. And I remember we had we used to wear our geese too. I mean, this is going back a long time. Uh, but if I had to, if I had to pick one, I think it was sambo. Okay. And, yeah. and how how is sambo different? Because I know I've heard of that about that, but I, I don't know the specifics of it. I mean, uh, so sambo. I mean, it's it's a legit uh, grappling art. I mean, you. Uh, see that they wear kirkas instead of geese, so they wear uh, kirka for their top, and then they'll wear like uh, like Valley Tudo shorts, mm-hmm. um, and they focus a lot on throws. And uh, once it hits the ground, then you have a certain amount of time to hit a submission. Um, I'm not quite sure uh, all of the details that go into it because, like I said, I, I didn't really compete in it or anything um, gotcha. like that. But uh, it's a pretty cool. Uh, uh, grappling form of grappling if you, if you really start watching it yeah i i know who's who does it khabib was was trained in that right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a it's russian 
Gotcha. So okay. A lot of those guys do it, and they're great wrestlers out there too. So they combine the two of them, and uh, you can't really go wrong with it. That's really cool. Yeah. So at twelve, you find jujitsu, and wh- where was that at? Because uh, that because that had to be in the real beginning of when it was really starting to come to the states, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a school in Poughkeepsie, and I ended up training there um for four years, and uh, really, I mean, it wasn't the best training in the world. Um, but it got me the mat time, you know, and it, it, uh, you know, it got me started. Um, you know, it started the love of jujitsu for me. And for that much, I'm thankful for, I met some cool people that I still keep in contact with. Um, and then I ended up leaving that school, um, when I was 16, um, due to just different circumstances. And, uh, I went to, uh, Thornwood with Steve Cardi and Rob Khan and, um, you know, that's when I feel like my jiu-jitsu journey really started, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they, they were teaching properly. And I, you know, uh, I got to really, you know, see how things were supposed to be done and, and they refined my game. And, uh, you know, for that, I'm truly thankful. Very cool. What, how old were you when you started there? 16. Yeah, I was 16. Okay. So, nice. and then, uh, yeah, and then I, I just kind of ran with it and I would train down there I, I lived in Fishkill um uh, but I trained down it you know down in Westchester and Thornwood uh every day so oh. you know five or six days a week we'd travel down so uh you know it was about a 40 45 minute ride wow yeah that's, that's dedication what, yeah, what, what was that school like who were they trained in there because I know I've heard of these guys before but yeah so I mean they were like one of the first Gracie associations in New York State um, a lot of the guys went out to California, uh, to train at the original Gracie Academy in, in Torrance. Mm-hmm. Um, like Rob is, uh, Hoist Gra- one of Hoist Gracie's first American black belts. And Steve, I believe is under, uh, is under Phil McLeese now who's under Helson. Um, but they all met out, uh, in California and everybody kind of, um, started the training association there. And, uh, you know, it was just different back then, man. Like, it wasn't mainstream. There wasn't a whole ton of people doing it. I mean, it was just – it was a lot different. Mm-hmm. Like, in what ways, though? Just the, the training style or the federations? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there wasn't – how do I say it? Like, back in 1998 was my first tournament, right? So I started competing back then. Like, if you were a purple belt back then, you were like a god, mm-hmm. you know? Um so now if you're a purple belt, you just, you're kind of mixed in with everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. there's more black belts now than you can, then you could count on your fingers. But back then, like if you were an American purple belt, you were the man, you know? Oh, wow. Um, so cool. The, yeah. Oh, it, it was crazy. And, uh, yeah. you know, you go to a tournament, there would be like a hundred people there. Now you could have a hundred people in your bracket. Yeah. So like to <laughs> see the growth of the, of the sport just in general was just, it is just amazing what do you think is the reason for that? Like how, how, why did it become kind of this exploding sport in America? I think the UFC became mainstream. And once the UFC became mainstream, then everybody wanted to, you know, practice different martial arts. And, you know, I think that's when jujitsu really took off. Um, You know, I I think it was around in the nineties, but, you know, it was a lot different and, you know, 
most people didn't really have a full understanding of what it was. You know, there wasn't any rules to the UFC, so they got like kind of blackballed a little bit during that time. And then, uh, you know, once that kind of took off, I think everybody was like, oh, wow, this stuff really works. Yeah. It kind of went from there, you know. That's cool. I yeah. see, you know what? I see a lot of like former CrossFitters now kind of doing cross um, jujitsu. It's kind of a, a, an interesting transition from CrossFit to jujitsu. Yeah. No, I, I mean a lot of guys I think have kind of gotten into it. You know, old high school wrestlers or college wrestlers that you know uh, don't wrestle anymore just because they're not in school. They they end up doing jujitsu and. You know, uh, people that, you know, enjoy working out, they get into it. It's just uh, I feel like there's a lot of different paths that lead into jujitsu, which is kind of what makes it unique. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So so after you started kind of training at Thornwood, when did you like? what was that progression like from training under someone to kind of going to the point where you're going to open your own gym, open black hole? Well, it's funny, like when I was. 16 i ended up leaving uh the school i was at and then i ended up playing down in in thornwood and in the meantime uh i built uh a small room down in my parents basement um just to where like since i knew it was a 45 minute drive at first you didn't know how you know how many times how many days a week you could actually end up going Mm -hmm. ended up going pretty much every day anyway (laughs) but uh i i just put a few mats down there it was actually it was three fold-out mats and, uh, you know, it was a small room and I started teaching like a few of my closest friends, you know, I was like, all right, listen, if I'm not going to be able to go and, uh, and train every day, I got to figure out a way to do it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where black hole jujitsu started was in my parents' basement with three foldout mats and a couple friends. Wow. Um, you know, so I, I feel like I, I started teaching really early. I'm not saying that I did everything the right way for that's for damn sure. Cause I think I was only a blue belt at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it got me started and, you know, I, the one thing that I think that allowed me to do was realize that I really enjoyed coaching. Um, you know, and even though I think it was easier cause it was just with a group of my friends, but at the same time, uh, you know, seeing them progress was something that I truly enjoyed. And then, you know, being able to pass on knowledge, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think you do a great job of that. And I think that really sets apart, you know, the, the mundane coaches to the, the expert coaches, someone who like has a passion for teaching other people. That's so important. I think so. I think so. I, I mean, anybody, you know, there's a big difference between being a good coach and a good competitor. And I feel like the best ones can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just because you're a great competitor doesn't mean that you can, uh, you know, work with everybody and, and become a great uh, instructor. I feel like you have to learn uh, to deal with different personalities and how to uh, relay your knowledge in a way that, you know, everybody can understand, not just the top athletes. And I think that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. How, how did you learn how to do that? What was that process like? Trial and error. Yeah. Trial and error, man. I think, uh, you know, um, being a younger guy, like at 16 and 17 years old, like I didn't. you know, I didn't even have life experience, you know, how am I supposed to know how to deal with different people? (laughs) You know? So like, uh, I mean, as time went on and you understand that everybody that walks through the door is going to be a world champion, um, you know, and everybody's training for a different reason. I I feel like you 
learn to deal with people on an individual basis. And when you do that, you can still combine it and create a great team. And I think that's what we've done really well with our network of schools. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's, that's very true, man. Everyone learns differently too, right? Yeah. Everybody learns differently. You know, there's some people that just come in and they get it right away, you know, and then there's other people that come in and it takes a while and, you know, but they stick it out and they grind through it. And then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, damn, he's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, I can't believe it. Like, it, it took a little while, but, like, this guy knows what he's doing. And then you have other guys that, hey, you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't always click. But they're there and they're trying. And you coach them to the best of your ability. And those guys appreciate it. And you know what? Just being around it sometimes it, it is the most important thing. And, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. How long does it take you, like, if you get someone who's kind of new to school to really understand – how you can progress them to the best of their ability. You know, like I come in, I'm brand new. You're like, all right, this guy needs this, this, and this. How long does that usually take you? Um, I mean, it, it takes a few weeks because you kind of, you have to first get to know the person. Um, and then you have to see how they learn. You know, in the, in the beginning too, like everything, you know, in, in jujitsu, there's multiple steps to each move, even in, even in the beginner class, even in the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because they're not getting it right away doesn't mean that they're not going to be good at jujitsu. So I feel like you have to take a few weeks and really get to know that person um, and then, you know, see how they're, they're training and if they're consistent. I think there's a lot of variables into it. And even when I'm like, wow, this guy could be really good, I always have it in the back of my mind. Yeah, they could be really good if they stick with it, if mm-hmm. they stay with jujitsu, you know. So I would say like about a month would be the the testing out period to where like you can you know as a coach how to deal with someone and you know you get a a gist of their personality you know because everybody like you said before everybody learns differently and not everybody's going to take coaching a certain way um so i mean about a month i'd say okay and then are you able to tell like if someone's going to be a long-term person or kind of just fizzle away after a blue belt or something like that. You know, that's the, I think that's the hardest part. I mean, I've had some guys that I never thought would quit end up fizzling out because, you know, life got in the way, not because they didn't love jujitsu, but because jujitsu is just a part of, of their life, not everything. You Mm -hmm. know, I feel like the lifers end up falling into it and they're like, this is what I want to do no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, and this is the hard part for me, because jujitsu is my everything, right? Like I, I feed my family with it. I've, you know, I love it. It's my passion. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, jujitsu is just a, a part of their life, not all of it, yeah. you know? And uh, even when you think that you're like, this guy's never going to quit, you know, life throws something at you and, you know, you have to go somewhere else, you know? So like, that's a tough part, you know, that's a tough part of the business, but it is what it is. And, you know, those people end up sometimes finding their way back to you. Mm-hmm. So you always have to understand that too. You know, not everybody's going to be consistent from the get-go. And, you know, you always welcome them back. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. Let's circle back around to uh, Black Hole. So after you kind of started in your parents' basement, what was the, the next steps, the next progressions? Like, how did you develop it to your first kind of standalone facility? 
Yeah, so uh, I started teaching a lot of classes down in Thornwood when I was like 18 or 19 years old. Um, and I got a lot of teaching experience with that. And then uh, in the meantime, there was more and more people kind of showing up to my parents' house to come train because kind of word was starting to spread a little bit. So uh, I kind of got kicked out of there. And uh, <laughs> like, listen, you got to at least you got to find a space like you got to you got to do this somewhere else because there's too many people coming to the house. Like, all right, no problem. So uh, I ended up renting from a, a taekwondo school um, in Fishkill. Uh, Rob Blum, actually, is the guy's name. I still keep in contact with him. Great guy. Got me started. I think we did four classes a week there. Um, and uh, we spent a couple years there. And, uh, you know, kind of built up a clientele and, uh, you know, started to, to build a little bit of a nucleus. And then uh, I think... When I was 21 or 22, I ended up uh, moving out and getting our first place in Wappingers. It was on Route 376, and uh, it was like a 1,300-square-foot facility. So it wasn't huge, but, uh, you know, that was my first standalone black hole jiu-jitsu. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So you, uh, then it kind of just moved from there. Was, What's that? You said that was, what, 2006? No, I would say... I was around, it was around 2009. Okay. 2010. Yeah. 2009 or 2010, I think, uh, was when we first opened up the doors. Nice. And then how long did it take you to kind of outgrow that spot? Because the spot you're in now is what, 4,000 square feet? Yeah, about 4,500 square feet. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it does its job, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I mean, back then, man, I, I didn't have anybody, so like not being from a huge organization or a huge network, um, it just like my coaching experience, you know, was kind of trial and error. So it was my business uh, sense and, and learning how to do things for the business. And I would say that uh, my original business model was terrible. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have anybody really to tell me what to do, so I didn't have anybody to guide me in the right direction you know you get i mean you know man you you have your own business like you get a whole bunch of people's opinions all the time you know and you learn to take some opinions and you're like you know what that makes sense and then the other ones you just you're like okay thank you and you just kind of you know let it go and uh in the beginning i didn't really know how to do that too well Mm. um so i think it took me a little while to start getting everything uh into a system to where it really worked um, but I think for our first location, it took me two to three years to start expanding. And then we, we knocked the wall down and doubled size in like two years. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, you know, so we went from a 1300 square foot facility to, I think like a 2,600, like 24 to 2,600 square foot. Um, and we kind of built from there. Okay. Very yeah. cool. What were some of those early things you learned? Cause I think that's important. Like maybe there's someone listening who wants to open their own business one day and kind of business understanding that is, is pretty important. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was trying to separate, you know, friends from business, right? So like not everybody that walks through your school is going to be your friend. And remember for me, like that's how it started, right? Like I was 16 years old, 17 years old. I started teaching my friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had that uh, mindset to where like, Hey, it's going to always be that way. And it's just not the case. It's just not, you know, and you can't have it that way. If you're going to run a business, you have to understand that 
you know, you know, the personal side of things have to be separate from the business side of things. You know, some people are going to become your best friends and jujitsu has given me that. And having the school has given me that I have lifelong friends from this, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's amazing, but not everyone is going to do that. And I think that was the hardest part for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like I was always a good teammate too. Like I'll go out of my way for anybody to do that. Um, And uh, you know, I learned some hard lessons, man. I had some people leave that I never thought would leave. Um, you know, I had some things go the wrong way and, uh, you know, I say like six or seven years ago that happened and, uh, you know, at that time it crushed me, but at the same time, I think it had to happen, uh, because it made me a smarter businessman and it also allowed me to fix a lot of things that I was doing wrong. And that happened about <laughs> six or seven years ago. And I always tell everybody as mad as it was, my school has grown tenfold from that. And I think everything happens for a reason. You don't see it right away, but that turning point was huge for me. Absolutely. You know, um, and, uh, you know, I feel like if you're a jujitsu guy, even though you're really good at jujitsu, the business part of it is something that you really have to learn. You have to take serious. And I think Mm -hmm. if that's, if there's one piece of advice for anybody, um, that wants to open up their own school, um, I think that's what I would give them, you know, and I try to do everything the right way. You know, even though uh, business could be cutthroat and ruthless, I always have a, a philosophy of, you know, just do things the right way and treat people the way they want to be treated. And I feel like everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I 100 percent agree with that. You know? um, not everything has to be your way, the highway. You know, there's got to be some type of compromise. So. I feel like I've kind of learned that through the years. That's good. Valuable lesson right there. Yeah. Where do you see black hole going though? Now you guys have what, like your, the headquarters and then four other satellites. Is that right? Four other satellites. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Right right before all, you know, the coronavirus stuff went down, we had three schools getting ready to expand. So we had the Westchester location the New Paltz location and then our Connecticut location is pretty much brand new, but they moved into a new spot and they were getting ready to, to kick off and boom, everything kind of got shut down, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah. So that stinks, but they'll be okay. Um, they're going to grow. The people that are in charge um, of the locations are, are all amazing instructors and, and people and, and people are going to gravitate towards them. So as soon as they open back up, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, my, my uh, vision for Black Hole, I mean, I, I think um, the, the sky's the limit. I think we've, we've really built something special um, in, in the network. And um, I, I don't know, man. I think our product speaks for itself. And mm-hmm. the instructors relay the 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 philosophy of you know what we want to be doing the proper way and uh i think more people are going to want to be a part of it so i think uh you know i can't tell you if there's going to be more schools or whatnot but i know that these schools the ones that we have right now are going to keep growing and keep producing really good jujitsu so i think that's the most important part awesome that's great yeah that's a good segue into kind of just jujitsu itself and where do you see the game of jujitsu kind of going i know there's always evolutions and 
kind of lake locks is a big one right now and there's going to be something else like what do you foresee happening and kind of new areas of the game evolving um i mean i think right now the big thing is leg locks without the gi and the sub only tournaments um but if i had to you know think of uh the way jujitsu has evolved since i started i feel like there's always going to be something new that people are going to latch on to um and and try to learn to counter what is working now i think that's what is truly amazing about jujitsu is that it's never going to stop growing and progressing ever. There's always someone like that. We don't even know of that's training, you know, even in this crisis right now, right. There's probably someone in their living room right now training and thinking about different ways to get around what's good right now, you know? Um, And I think in another five, 10 years, you're going to see that like these kids that started, at two or three years old, you know, in the in the baby programs that, that these schools have are now going to be, you know, full-fledged athletes. And you're going to see a huge difference in the level of uh, of people coming through the through the, the pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, if you think about it, jiu-jitsu really hasn't taken off in America in, you know, since the mid nineties, you know, so it's still fairly new here, you know, so just wait until those guys start coming through the, through the line. I mean, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's a good point. Like young athletes uh, that have been doing it forever. Right. They're going to you know, be scary. Yeah, exactly. Like I was one of the younger ones to start doing it and I was 12 in the early two thousands. Right. So like, um, you know, these kids, have all started like our, our kids program is massive and I have kids as young as two and three years old in my mighty mites program. Yeah. You know, what's, so, that, what's that look like though? Like what's a two, three-year-old look like, you know, doing jujitsu. You'll be surprised at how much they can learn. Yeah. They, I, you know, you can't teach them multiple things. I feel like when I teach my, my mighty mites program, it's very, very basic, but you can do it. Like I have them do their wrestling stances and do it the right way. And I teach them the positions so that they understand how the positions work. Submissions are, are a little bit tough because um, they don't really understand pain at all. Um, mm-hmm. They don't understand contact. Uh, so I, I'm uh, a little bit cautious in teaching them a bunch of different submissions. But the positioning, I feel like, works really well. Uh, and they can do it. you know. And then I have them do, like, uh, I don't have them full out roll with each other but I have them drill the positions that we worked on that day and they're able to do it. They pick it up. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, and you know, with the younger, younger kids, like the two and three year olds, that's, I don't, it's sometimes they may even feel uncomfortable playing, you know, doing the drills. So, uh, you know, they don't have to do it right away. I build them into it, you know, cause you want them to understand and uh, that jujitsu is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be a chore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you don't want them being scared. Yeah. What are your recommendations for someone who's a little older? Like, obviously, you said you were training five days a week. Is that is that what you have to do to get better? Or would you kind of usually say, like, hey, you don't need that much? Like, what are your guidelines for that or no, recommendations? I, no, I mean, if you want to be a competitor, man, you better at least be training four days a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to. Um, you have to stay in shape. You need the reps. You need to build timing. 
you know, the whole nine yards. If you're coming in, you just want to progress in jujitsu and you just want to learn the, 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 the art or the sport of it. I mean, if you come in two days a week, you can learn. You can learn jujitsu. Like that, no doubt in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. One day a week is kind of tough. I mean, you can learn it, but I, I feel like you need to have, rep, you know, a lot of repetition in jujitsu. So like one day a week is just not going to do it for you. I feel like two days a week, you can at least build um, some type of knowledge, you know, and uh, for a casual person that just wants to get into it two days a week, I think is ideal. When you say repetitions, are you talking drilling or rolling? Like what do you, what what is your specific kind of coaching stance on that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, rolling is great. I mean, that's the fun part of jujitsu, but if you don't drill and you don't do the techniques or you don't listen to your coaches, then you're only going to get so far. You know, um, the, the knowledge is what makes you good at jujitsu, not at all the other stuff. So I feel like drilling and learning the movements is the most important part of jujitsu. And then the rolling just kind of comes with that. You know, the rolling allows you to build the time in a real life situation. Mm-hmm. So when, when you have like a new person, do you usually just only let them drill or you let them roll kind of right away as well? No, uh, I have them drill first and then like our fundamentals program we don't full out roll um but we put them in in like king of the hill drills to where like well if we work closed guard we're going to put them in closed guard and we're going to have them you know drill from there using the techniques that we've taught them so that this way it doesn't become a free-for-all um you know i feel like if you just kind of throw people to the fire they're going to you know, do things that they have no idea what they're doing. And that's how injuries happen. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a uh, very true. I know when I first started rolling, I was a little wild, you know, just uh, kind of throwing weight around. It's really not, it's not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. But you didn't, you know, you don't know any better. And that's what, you know, us being the coaches, we have to guide you in the right direction. So you understand how to use your physical tools in jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? with the technique because the technique will allow you to use your physical tools. And when, once the technique evens out, then the sky's the limit. That's what makes the, the athletes that pick up jujitsu really special. Gotcha. How do you like preach your jujitsu guys to stay healthy? Cause I know, you know, one, when I, when jujitsu guys get hurt, it's very hard to get them off the mat. You know, if they're seriously hurt, and two, it's when you get someone who that's all they do is jujitsu, it's the stubbornness level goes up as well. Uh, I'm kind of guilty of that. <laughs> uh, uh, I, how do I say? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's hard. It's hard. I, I feel like my philosophy is uh, not too good because I feel like I just deal with so many different things each day that eventually it's kind of caught up to me in the 20 plus years that I've been doing it. Like, if I went through the list of injuries that I've had, some people just wouldn't even kind of believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's some people, when they first start, they don't understand the difference between, uh, you know, just kind of being hurt and being injured, you know? And that's the hard part to, uh, you know, teach to someone, right? Like, if you bash your hand and it's bruised, like in a normal setting, like people are like, oh, this hurts really bad. I need to stop training. In my mind, if I bruise my hand or I bruise something, I'm like, throw some dirt on it and let's go. You know, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. 
Um, but like for the newer guys, like you don't need to do that right off the bat. You know, you could come in and just drill and not hurt yourself more. And I think that's kind of important to understand that type of limit. Um, and it's where the hardcore guys that do this for a living or guys that are like the, the lifetime guys, they just don't even care and they make it worse. And like mm-hmm. I said, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. You know, but that's why we have guys <laughs> like you, Joe, so that we could come and get better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a, it's an interesting thing. The sport is, it's when you get those diehards, you get, you know, like yourself, like it's very hard to preach like healthy joints and stuff like that in the process because it's like, nah, I, I, I want to roll. What do you mean? You know? So it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing there. Yeah. I mean, and what the, you know what the part, the hardest part for me is, and this is just speaking from my experience is that when I like, I have to go to the school anyway, like that's the part of the job where like, I'm not getting a day off. I'm going to the school and I'm teaching in some type of capacity. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'll go there and I'm like, I'm hurt. I'll just go teach. And then I end up teaching and I'm like, man, I got to roll. Like there's so many people here. I have to roll. Like these guys are all awesome. <laughs> like, how do I not do it? And that comes from, me just loving jujitsu and and wanting to learn and the way i do is by rolling you know and i feel like that's what makes it a special coach is the one that wants to roll all the time you know so like when i plan out i'm going to take a a day off today it just doesn't happen because i'm hooked you know it's an addiction too so Mm -hmm. that's a problem yeah Yeah, absolutely so if you if you get someone who's like intimidated about the sport, let's say someone wants to try it, but they're scared. Like, what would you say to them? For the person that's nerve, I, I always say like, it, it's always nerve wracking walking through the doors at first. It always is like, you know, yeah. it, going into something new for me, you know, outside of jujitsu, of course I'm going to be nervous, but you just kind of do it, you know? Um, and for someone that's walking through the doors at my school that I know is nervous, I always make sure I walk up to them. I shake their hand. I introduce myself. And I'm like, look, don't worry about anything. Everybody always starts at the same place as you are. I remember it. We have great people here. They're going to take care of you. Do what you can. Don't get overloaded. Try to take away one thing each class. So if you could take Mm -hmm. away one thing from each class, you're doing really well. Jiu-Jitsu is a lot to take in at first, but that's okay. You know, and I, and I try to stress that point to them. Like, it's okay if you're not understanding everything at first. Just come in and do the best that you can and enjoy uh, what the sport brings and offers to you, you know? Um, yeah. And if you find a good school, you'll feel comfortable within the first couple classes. That much I could pretty much guarantee. And that's what I try to do every time someone comes in, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's, like, great advice. Yeah, I mean, look, man, it's it's always nerve-wracking. It will always be nerve-wracking, you know. And some people, you know, they come in for different reasons, too, you know. Who knows what the person walking through the door is, is coming in for, you know. Maybe they've had bad experiences in the past, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, you always have to deal with that. Yeah, very true. All right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this up. If you have any final thoughts and uh, how people can get in touch with you and kind of check out Black Hole. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we have the website. Um, so it's blackholejj.com. Uh, 
Um, we have uh, locations. My, the headquarters is in Wappingers. We have uh, Cortland Manor. Uh, we have Mayapak. We have uh, Connecticut. And we have New Paltz. Um, so all the instructors are listed right there on the website. Um, you know, you could also hit us up on social media. Um, you know, hit us up. You know, right now, I mean, we've got nothing else really to do. So I've been posting lessons online. So, like, if you want to, you know, continue your training um, and then ask me a question or two, feel free to hit me up um, right on Facebook or uh, Instagram um, at uh, Wackers Wizardry. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you, you know. So um, any type of jujitsu questions you have, feel free to shoot them our way. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for doing this. And, guys, got to check the school out. Best around. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. And same to you, man. Anybody that uh, – you know, is looking for PT. We always shoot them your way. You guys are the best. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Anytime, brother. Take Catch care. up soon. Definitely.